from May 26 to 29. The comedian with the biggest head in the world will be performing in the biggest little city in the world, Reno, Nevada. June 1st, the biggest little comedy career in the world will be in Turner, Oregon. Never heard of it. June 2nd, Salem, Oregon. June 3rd and 4, Gold Beach, Oregon. June 9th, Gig Harbor, Washington. June 10th, Puyallup, Washington. And June 11th, Gabriel will be performing at a high school for a high school graduation party. Haha. <laughs> What an idiot. He's going to eat shit. For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. I woke myself up laughing today. I giggled myself awake. (laughs) That's what I imagine it sounded like. I giggled myself awake like the Pillsbury Doughboy. (laughs) And you would think, hey, what a way to start the day. With a subconscious dream laugh. Not quite as good as having sex in your dreams, but a dream laugh is good. But instead, I'm just confused. I'm just, it wasn't funny. All right, this is what I was dreaming. I was doing a podcast. Not mine. A popular one that people listen to. I don't know, you know, dreams get weird. So it was like I was doing a podcast, but we were, uh, it was me and some other comedians. We were all in different locations. I believe I was with Sam Talent, who's a very funny comedian that I do not know. Uh, And for some reason on this podcast, we were talking about Britney Spears. And I think someone said something like, uh, her Instagram is like, a golden retriever just learned Instagram and then I think I hate to even say this because I'm, I'm giving the credit for the stupid joke to Sam Talent and he doesn't deserve it it was my subconscious but in the dream Sam Talent goes maybe maybe her manager's a dog maybe that's why her career's so weird maybe when her manager sees himself in the mirror he's like ah who's that where's Brittany and I woke myself up laughing at that I mean, that, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even... I don't know. I have no idea why. I have no idea why Britney Spears' manager being a dog who gets scared of his own reflection was so hilarious in my subconscious. But thank God it woke me up because I'm pretty sure I was about to fuck Sam Talon. Uh, I'm back in my uh, Kia Rio studios. Uh... I mean, if you tuned in to our last exciting episode, when we last left our zero, uh, I was having some car trouble, and uh, I had kind of fixed it. I don't. Anyway, I was gonna continue down the road of maybe I can kind of fix it, cause I did. I did. I replaced a thing that needed to be replaced, which for me is pretty good. 
Uh, but then I realized I'm never, whatever I fix, I will never have confidence in. So I need to go to some professionals. I'll be honest, uh, I was really trying to hit up my dad because he came over uh, for a birthday party. Uh, and I was telling him about it. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe when I put it in, maybe the connector things aren't. And my dad goes, uh, oh, down a, you know, a mechanic will be able to hook that up and tell you which ones are working and which ones aren't. Which I thought was his very direct way of saying, a mechanic. Not me, son. I got shit to do. I'm retired, but I've got shit to do. Uh, so I took it to a mechanic. 506 American dollars later. It seems fine. I think it's better. It was the ignition coil. The one I fixed is fine. The other, there was another ignition coil that was barely having a problem. Uh, so they replaced that one. Got new spark plugs. I don't know. Better than a new car payment. It's one of those things where, like, just like when I recovered from COVID, for, like, you know, six weeks after, I'm like, am I out of breath a little bit? Or is this what I was always like? I can't remember what normal was. I'm doing that with my car right now, where I'm like, I think this is what it always handled like, or is it still having... No, it's fine. I think it's fine. This is what it always sounded like. I don't know if you guys have looked at Britney Spears' Instagram. Uh, this might not be a popular opinion, but I kind of think someone else needs to be in charge of her money. Because she seems uh, off her meds or on some new ones. I mean, I appreciate the nudity. And she's a 40-something-year-old woman in tremendous shape. But she'll do this thing, like a grandma who just got her first smartphone, where she'll take a picture of herself and then post eight versions of it, all of them with different filters on them. Like, no, Brittany, we've kind of established that we just pick one of the filters to use. We don't show examples of what they all could be. Here's my boobs in black and white. Here's my boobs vivid. Here's my boobs if I had a dog for a manager. Oh, and we laughed. I had a light, uh, pretty light comedy schedule this week. I'm headed. I'm actually headed. This is a whole different podcast. I'm, this isn't the drive home. This is the drive to. Uh... I have a show in uh, Shelton, Washington tonight. It's only a 30-minute drive, so I thought I would do a little on the way there, a little on the way back. Uh, but I actually, uh, I did, earlier in the week, I uh, I was going to stop by and see my pals, uh, Casey McLean and Andrew Rivers at, the, uh, at a show in Lacey, Washington, near where I live. And it turned into, I was like, I'm going to stop by. Then the guy who produces it was like, do you want to do a guest set? I'm like, sure. That turned into me hosting. I'm doing some shows in uh, Reno, Nevada next week. Uh, I'm also uh, 
at a Mexican restaurant in Shelton on Saturday. But let's focus on Reno right now. All spoiled comedians like myself who who normally for who headline most of the time. It's good to it's good to host. It's good to be the first guy on a show or girl or whatever. Because uh, it really reminds you you're not that good. It's not that I bombed, but it's I don't know if you're uh, if you go to comedy shows but you're not like that inside of uh, the comedy life. Uh, it is hard as hell being the first person on stage. That crowd is not warm. They're just you know, settling into their seats, they're not ready, uh, you can't just go up guns a-blazing and rattle through your material, it's a whole different thing, and I'm not, I didn't bomb, I'm not saying like, oh, I went up there and ate shit, but it's just like, you know, when you, when you hit them with a joke that normally does really well and it just does okay, you're like, oh yeah, I'm hosting, Mr. Big Shot. So yeah, I'm headed to El Serape, which if you're not bilingual like myself, uh, that stands for the shawl. Ah. Uh, it's actually kind of a local, there's an El Serape in Olympia where I live, there's one in Tumwater. I did not know there was one in Shelton. So what an exciting experience. The last job I had before I was a professional comedian. Yes, I took a little detour during COVID to deliver some groceries, but for the most part, the last job I had before I was a professional comedian, I worked at a Mexican restaurant. And so tonight, 21 years later, uh, I haven't really gone that far. I am, uh, I'm not much of a Little League dad. And that's probably because I'm never going to be the kind of parent who, like, loudly yells shit at my children when they're playing sports or anything else. Um, and also, you know, my kids are just downright terrible at sports. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Uh, I Sports were... I, I loved sports when I was a kid. I was fairly athletic. Nothing crazy. Sports were important to me. My wife was a state champion gymnast uh, in high school on floor. State champ. And my kids run around any given sports field uh, like they were just let out of a holding pen. <laughs> With no direction, rhyme, reason or desire to play sports. I mean, my daughter, I think she's about done. My youngest daughter, Olive, she, she actually, I saw her play soccer today. Uh, it used to get to me that she wasn't that good, but now I'm used to it. So I don't, I don't take it so personally. Um, but it was hilarious because, you know, she did fine. She was out in the field running around playing some defense. Uh, when, I, when my daughter's playing soccer, I say things from the sideline like, wait, wait to get in their way, Olive. Nice redirect, which is a nice way of saying she was nowhere near kicking the ball, but they did have to change direction before they went around her and scored a goal. She's actually improved a lot. She's 
a lot better than she used to be, just in time to quit. But my point is, uh, you know, she was doing fine on the field, but at one point her friend Justine showed up on the sideline, and uh, my daughter Olive sprinted at a speed that soccer field has never seen from my daughter. She sprinted on the sideline uh, to go talk to her friend Justine, and that really let me know. The most athletic I have ever seen my daughter be on the soccer field was running to talk to a friend. And isn't that what's really important, the friends we made along the way? My daughter Maisie played soccer. Not, I just didn't give a shit. They just don't have the sport thing. They don't, they don't, you know. Uh, my son Johnny played soccer. He was hilariously bad at sports when he was younger. I actually, you know, there uh, some classic Gabriel Rutledge comedy bits about how bad my son was at sports. Uh, actually, bits that I was very nervous when he got older he would not care for, if he ever heard them, which he has, and uh, he, he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind. He thinks it's funny. Even though I, you know, in some ways, my jokes about him sucking at soccer are literally picking on a developmentally delayed person because my son has dyspraxia, which is kind of a fancy way of saying you suck at sports. Uh, no, it's just like brain to hand-eye coordination signals are a little slow. Things are hardly, you know, he didn't tie his shoes till he was 10, that kind of thing. Um, uh, but he knows that, and, uh, you know, he turned 20, he doesn't give a shit if I said he sucked at sports when he was a kid, but I was, I was worried about that, not worried enough to stop doing it, uh, at the time, but. <laughs> he played soccer for a while, my son, uh, you know how there's one kid on every sports team who has no idea there's a game even happening? Okay, it turns out that is less amusing when it's your kid. <laughs> on the sideline are yelling advice to their kids that's about soccer. You know, pass the ball, shoot it through the goal. I'm over there I'm like, don't eat the grass. Put your shorts back on. We talked about this. Don't put the grass in. Oh my God. It's not a pocket. One time the ball rolled right in front of him and everyone's like, kick Unlocked an achievement. <laughs> I got a laser! I'm like, ah, whose kid's that one? Who's that? That's why he's in karate now. Karate, it turns out, is where you put your kids when they suck at all the other sports. No offense to any martial artists here drinking. I respect your discipline. I really do. Kids karate is kind of bullshit. It is. That's expensive dancing in white pajamas. That is not martial arts. That's 150 bucks a month to teach my son how to bow before he gets his ass kicked. Nice work, sensei. Rick. I don't trust Rick. He's always lying to me. Your son's approving. He's a yellow belt. I'm like, really? I'd be more impressed if he could tie the belt, Rick. Whatever. 
There's still a few things I've written in my book that I kind of hope he never reads. But anyway, that's not why we're here today. But I, I bring out my kids in sports. Because I felt like a Little League dad this week, but not about sports or Little League, but about my daughter Maisie being in a play. Uh, I was so invested in how my the week was going for my daughter. I was so... Uh, you know, I know how important these plays are for her. I know how much passion she has for being in plays. Uh, she was sick. Not COVID. Uh, just a cold. Remember those? But, you know, a shitty one. Lingering. Lingering mucus and a little cough. And I know this was her big week uh, to do the play. She had a big part and uh, I was so, in a way that I have never been worried about my kids performing, no, forget performing, in a way that I've never been worried about my kids doing, I don't care how they do on a test at school, uh, I don't care how they play soccer, I don't, it took something close to what I do to turn me into a fucking lunatic. I'm like, you gotta go to bed, gotta get your rest, you got a cold, gotta get better by Friday. Take this medicine. Take that medicine. Here's some cocaine. That'll take the edge off. Said to my daughter, yeah, you got a little bit of a sore throat. Reminds me of the time. 2004. Before you were born. I was a young man of 30. When I won the Seattle International Comedy Competition with laryngitis and bronchitis. How did I get to the shows? Thanks for asking. I walked. Yes, it was uphill both ways. It was a different time. I was so worried about her voice for singing, and she's not all the way better, but I watched the play. It was fine. I'm telling you, I was in the crowd. My heart was pounding watching the play. Like, just, it was such an investment for me, although I wasn't involved. Just... You know, I imagine if my kids were really good at sports, I would feel that way on the sideline. Like, oh, God, I need this to go well. I know how important it is to them. But I haven't had a lot of those things with my children. But watching my daughter Maisie be in a play this week, holy shit, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And uh, she was great. She, was, she did. You know what makes me happy is, like, she's not getting paid. Uh, they don't pay middle schoolers to be in place. But I'm still going to use the word. It's like her professionalism. Like, she just fucking gets it. Like, even when she's in a scene where she's in the background doing stuff, not talking, she, she plays like a bitchy character who's looking at her phone and her fingernails. She just sells the shit out of it. She just is good. I'm not, not like, oh, she's going to be on Broadway. I'm not saying that. She just, it's important to her. She cares about it. And, uh, man, a lot of, uh, I, you know, 
I watched that play with wet eyes, which, as I say it, sounds gross. I've never heard anyone talking about tearing up as wet eyes before, but it sounds gross. It sounds like... <laughs> it sounds like what a robot who'd been programmed to love would say. My eyes are wet. Feelings. Is this love? She had two more. Two more of the plays today. I saw the first night. Uh, but yeah, I was too into it. I, 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 like, I wanted to take a step back. I also re- did a lot of line readings with her this week. I actually got her to listen to me occasionally, which is something uh, my kids aren't great at. Not that, I mean, I'm not an actor. But, you know, she's playing, like I said, this kind of bitchy character. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen High School Musical. That's the play. I had not seen High School Musical. But Sharpay was my daughter's character. And uh, my kids are like, you haven't seen High School Musical? And I, that made me laugh because I'm like, if I had seen it, you know it would be with you guys. Do you think <laughs> I go out of town and watch High School Musical alone? I'm like, no, I haven't watched High School Musical. Don't judge me. Have you ever seen Rocky? I don't know why I picked Rocky. I don't know, you know. You know, of podcasters who record in their car on their iPhone, uh, I'm probably one of the best impressionists who do that. Hey, you're Adrian. We should watch High School Musical. But I don't, you know, like, I'm not an actor. I'm not telling her acting stuff. But, like, some of the lines, I'm like, maybe maybe say it a little bit like this. And she actually listened to me. You know, I may not be an actor, but I know how to deliver a line. Or should I say, I know how to deliver a line. I've been making myself laugh thinking about famous lines in, in theater or movies before people knew them like because what you do like when we're reading the script before uh, my daughter learned it like we're going back and forth and if if she doesn't remember her line she says line and then I tell her and then she repeats it so it made me laugh to think about like I don't know any classic classic like theater line like to be or not to be that is the thing to think line mama said life's like a box of chocolates you never know what's gonna happen line You want me on that wall. You need me on that line. I was la- I was thinking to myself uh, a couple episodes ago. I was talking about you know I do a lot of shows like I'm doing tonight. You know what I mean? 
Mexican restaurant in Shelton because it's close to where I live and I still need money. And I'm like, maybe I would never know, you know, because I'm so used to saying yes to everything and being worried about money. Maybe, maybe I don't even know when I need to stop doing these. And then, uh, I, last week I was thinking that I was thinking I did a show Tuesday, a Tuesday night in Kirkland, Washington at the Lime, which is a sports bar, where I've done many shows there. Uh, and, you know, people never stop playing pool in the back. There's TVs on on the side. It's just, you know, it's fine. It is what it is, but... I remember I did that show. And on the way home, I was like, maybe I didn't need to do that show. You know, I already have shows this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sure, I just made 200 bucks and another 250 bucks in merch sales. But maybe that's a thing I should have said no to. Maybe that's an example of a time where I could have said no. Maybe I didn't need to do that show in Kirkland, Washington on a Tuesday. And then my car broke down, and I had to rent one for $328, and then I had to spend 506 to get it fixed. And I'm like, no, that's why you say yes to the show on a Tuesday in Kirkland, Washington at a sports bar. This is what you do. You just keep working. You say yes to everything until you die on the first floor of a Super 8 hotel in a pile of Michelob Ultra cans in the room next to the ice machine. Anyway, uh, almost to Shelton. Gonna do my shows. Just one show. Uno shows. <laughs> I've said this before, uh, and I also wrote about it in my book that will come out in 2047. Um, that show in Kirkland, the best, the best heckle anyone ever heckled me. And by best, I mean most devastating, brutal fucking takedown anyone has ever given me was at the Lime in Kirkland, Washington. There was a lady... Uh, I'm not, I'm, you know, not that old. I would say under 30. Uh, wearing a Seahawks jersey. Back turned to me. Talking while I was on stage. I tried to get her attention. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. That's what I do when I get people's attention. Hey, you, hey. What's going on down there? I said to her, something like that. I said, uh, why are you talking? I believe was what I said to her at some point. I'm like, hey, why are you talking? And she turns around like... Like she was reading from a script. Like she'd been waiting her whole life to say this line. I go, why are you talking? She turns around and she goes, I don't know. Why is your hair so much prettier than your face? Jesus Christ. 
Christ. Holy fuck. I didn't even respond like I was a comedian. I was just like, God damn. I think I have to quit comedy. I literally mumbled. I was like, yeah, well, that's... Line! No one helped me. And then I just started laughing. Because I'm like, God damn. I mean, that's... I've been bested. Uh, I should give you the microphone. But I'm not going to. Because I need this $200 because my car will eventually break down. I'm back. We did it. We did it, Shelton. We did it. As the great Dora the Explorer would say, we did it. We did it. We did it. Hooray. Dora, 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 the line! Fun show in the cantina. That means bar. Uh, yeah, fun spot. Awesome. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for being here. You know what? My last job before I became a professional comedian, I worked at a Mexican restaurant, and it feels like I have not traveled far tonight. <laughs> I made it to the back room. I had to follow, um, ah, shit, now I can't remember his name, but the drunken tenor is in his title. Grammy award-winning opera singer who does, like, funny opera songs, which, uh, that was a unique thing to follow. I almost brought him on stage, uh, towards the end when I was, uh, pitching my book to buy after the show. I almost brought him on stage to, uh, have him sing my book. And then I'm like, you know what? I have never done it professionally, but I am also a talented opera singer. Did I win a Grammy? No. Was I nominated? No. But here in this cantina in Shelton, Washington, feel like we can do whatever we want. The book is called There's No Fucking Way You're Getting a Pony. <laughs> I kind of wish there was an opera singer here to sing my fucking book right now. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> no fucking way! I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I didn't know we were supposed to sing until tonight. I didn't know that was on the table. I'm up here with my jokes like an asshole. This guy brought a talent. Fairy tales can come true. It can happen to you if you're young at... Uh, blind! We were all packed in uh, to this small room, uh, door shut behind us, sort of a, like a COVID experiment where we wanted to see how quickly we could pass it to each other. 
but that's what made it a good show. A lot of people packed in, but what you know, there's a a table right to my right, and uh, it looked like a mom, dad, and a kid, but you never know. But I was just staring at this kid. <laughs> he was laughing, but I don't know. It just sometimes you don't want to see the audience that well. Uh, so I did eventually have to ask him, like, how old are you? I thought he was like 17 and they snuck him in or something. You look young enough to feel very dirty right now. I don't know what your age is. What's, how old are you? 21. You're 21. That barely helped, but thank God. <laughs> 21. Remember dry humping last year? Those were the days. That really brings back memories. I still have those jeans. That's good. Is this, are we, what's the status here? Is this a... Yeah. It, okay. I just don't want, sometimes you say, is this a family, and it goes horribly. Alright, I'm sorry. Just, just, we're all gonna have fun, and then never speak of what I said tonight. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> you're sweet. You're, he's a nice kid. You raised a nice kid. He's like, I'm having fun. He wants me to feel good. <laughs> well, I make dry home jokes about it. True. You know what? I didn't feel this way till tonight, but America's going to be fine. <laughs> Although he is here alone. <laughs> Are you in a relationship? That's all right. That's all right. College, yeah. What college? Uh, University of Hawaii. University of Hawaii. Yeah. And now you're back in Shelton. <laughs> wow. I mean, if summer school was ever going to be an option, University of Hawaii would be the spot. That's great. Do you live in? Do you live here in Shelton, or do you live? You live in Olympia, okay. So this is a vacation also. <laughs> You're supposed to do comedy because you can't do anything else. <laughs> comedy is what you end up doing because other things fail. I feel like it's cheating to be a talented opera singer? Yeah, good for him. He found a loophole. I'll be opening for him soon enough. I think that's really, there's a, uh, there's some sometimes good-natured, sometimes not good-natured talk amongst uh, comedians about how we don't like prop comics. You know, like Carrot Top, for example. Whatever, he pulls shit out of a box, uh, talks about it, people laugh. I got nothing against Carrot Top. Jeff Dunham I could do without, but that's a, that's a talented prop, though. He does seem to be a talented ventriloquist. And it's not him saying racist stuff, it's the puppets. Why would you say that, puppets? Jeff hates it when you say those mean things about other races. There is a little bit of that. I don't know. A comedian 
sees another comedian using a guitar in their act, and we're like, come on. You could get laid already. You don't need this. I'm not sure if opera singers can get laid, though. Probably. It's all fat ladies, though. Come on, folks. That's how, that's, that's, when you, that's how you know opera sex is over. When she sings. And now it's time for the comment of the week. This comment was left on YouTube. Watch until the crow bit that went on a bit long. My dog was losing his marbles and started to bark. May try again when he's dead. Fun times. Look, my comedy's not for dogs, okay? What am I, Britney Spears' manager? My comedy, I'm not... It's not for the dogs. One of the things I like about getting some views on YouTube or, uh, you know, TikTok back when that was popping or anywhere is I have often thought, you know, my own personal fame and fortune aside, I guess I'm much more worried about fortune. Uh, I wish my jokes would have had a more famous delivery system. I feel like my jokes deserved better. You know, I put them on an album or whatever, or I put them on online, but it's like, there's no like, oh, that's from his first Netflix special. I just stopped doing them, and then, you know, they had their time, they made people happy, but I felt like there's not there's not a lot of legacy uh, in my jokes. I mean, I jokingly said classic Gabriel Rutledge, but there's only a handful of people on the planet who would... Okay, maybe a couple toe fools too. There's people who know my old jokes, but it is... I think that joke, uh, that crow joke on... I think on TikTok it got a couple hundred thousand views. And I'm like, alright, that's the retirement I needed for that joke. It's not easy. I think it's funny. Sometimes when couples are considering having children, they'll decide to get a dog first. See how that goes. Which, that's a weird strategy. Just like, well, the dog is going well. We're ready. <laughs> Let's get a human that eats off the floor and shits in the yard. We got this. <laughs> I thought about it. You want an animal in your house that's going to properly simulate the child experience? You don't get a dog. You don't get a cat. You get a crow. <laughs> yeah, you know what a group of crows is called? It's not a flock. It is a murder. That sounds scary out of the darkness. <laughs> it's a murder. Oh, my God. It's true. I live with three children. I'm going to consider that to be a murder of children. And they start the second they wake up every goddamn day. I'm like, you want juice? Why are we screaming? <laughs> ah! Yeah, we can have chicken nuggets for breakfast, but don't wake up mommy. That's not good for any of us. Ah! I can't help you on the potty. I'm changing your sister's diaper. Give me a second, okay? Ah! 
Did you pee on the floor? You pooped on the floor? Awesome. Now mommy's up. Honey, don't go in that bathroom. Good, now the big crow's pissed. What is it, 6.02 a.m.? This is fun! We should have got a dog, probably. It's like retiring, you know, it's like retiring from professional sports. Uh, when no one knew you played. I would like to announce I will no longer be doing the kids aren't like dogs and cats. Having children is like having crows. I will be retiring that bit. And then people are like, huh? Never heard it. Didn't even know you played, bro. My crow joke will be retiring to spend time with its family. <coughs> Sorry if your dog was listening. I'm really hoping uh, tonight my daughter, uh, Olive, uh, doesn't wake up crazy. She's been waking up crazy, like, uh, in the, not even middle of the night, like an hour or two after she goes to bed. She wakes up. I mean, if you, I, actually, my wife sent me an article, but of course I forgot what it's called. It's not night terrors, but it's like she just wakes up. She doesn't even know she's awake. She has this scary blank look on her face. She's just glazed over. That's how it would call. And she's like, you know, we're like, Olive, what are you doing up? I don't know. Why don't we go back to bed? No, I don't want to. I came home the other night. Uh, she'd already been up for like five minutes, I guess. I didn't know. I just walked in the house. And I go, Olive, what are you doing up? And she goes, shut up. <laughs> Little shit. But then in the morning, she's laughing because she remembers none of it. Or she claims she remembers none of it. No, she doesn't. It's like, it's kind of like sleepwalking, but not exactly. Uh, but yeah, she's done that a couple times in the last week. Little girls are terrifying. They just... You see them in the wrong light or the wrong... I don't... They're just... They're terrifying. You see a little boy in the middle of the night, you go, what's that little boy doing? You see a little girl in the middle of the night, you're like, oh, fuck. That's something from the underworld. She's about to scurry up the wall backwards. If a little boy was like, I was talking to a man last night in my sleep, you'd be like, oh, I had a dream about Britney Spears' manager being a dog. Sleep's weird. Don't worry about it. If one of my girls was like, last night I talked to a man in my dreams, I'd be like, oh, God, it was Satan, wasn't it? She's a conduit to the underworld. I knew it. I knew it the second she came out. Why are you...
jumping rope in slow motion. Oh my god. You might not think it by what you just listened to. Um, but there's some exciting things happening with the drive home with Gabriel Relic podcast, okay? I just signed a contract with a podcast network. No, not that one. Different one than you're thinking. Uh, I will announce that when the time comes. There was a couple at the show who just saw me in Vegas. I don't know if it was just. Either they saw me at the Laugh Factory uh, last month or they saw me at Brad Garrett's several months ago. But they live in Shelton. So they saw me in Vegas and then were eating at one of probably the only Mexican restaurants in Shelton, Washington. And they saw my picture in the bathroom. They said, holy smokes, that's the guy we just saw in Vegas. From Vegas headliner to a Shelton Mexican restaurant bathroom. I do it all. Also, the booker of this show told me they can't pay me till Tuesday. That's a good sign. That's not a thing they ever say at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. Bye. I live in uh, Olympia, Washington, also. Okay, thank you. That is not the response I get a lot of places. I know, but Shelton's like, you got a lot of Walmarts. Must be nice. Come down here with your free Walmart energy. Why do you stick to your own El Sarape?